To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. No, I probably had COVID like 74 times. I have no clue and I don't care. Everybody liked Blanche. Because Blanche was a pig who took it in the ass. Did you smell your poop? Did you learn anything? Did you read about the dog story? Why the is my ex-girlfriend who I despise calling me? A lot to blame on the news. It's a lot to blame on Anthony Fauci, that Italian leprechaun. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go yourself. Jay here, positivesarcasm.com, recording here. Spare Art Studio. Like, subscribe, share, donate. PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Now available on Rumble. Rumble.com at Positive Sarcasm. Find me there and like, subscribe. We all done with the YouTubes. I have officially downloaded every, almost every single episode from the YouTube channel uh, that was not live streamed. Ever since we started pre-recording, on YouTube, I went and had went and went and had went ahead and downloaded every single uh, episode, and it is now safely on an external hard drive. And I'm gonna have to figure out what the freak I'm gonna do with it, but I have it, which is cool. Uh, but we're all done over there officially. I'm basically I'm just gonna modify the channel so that I mean everything that what that is up there will stay up there, but it'll just say that I've moved to YouTube. I've moved to Rumble. Uh, officially going forward as far as the podcast goes so you can find me there and of course if you are using facebook i'm still on there but i if you're doing the audio version only anywhere where podcasts are available go ahead and like subscribe and leave a review and of course support us positive sarcasm.com slash donate any amounts appreciated you can also support us through the weeble app the weeble app is awesome go ahead and hit the link uh, in the, the description there and you'll get free stocks to start your portfolio and right now you can get a discount on them and then I'll get free stocks for uh, you using my affiliation link and I have a new sponsor dropping on next week's podcast um, that I've already uh, I've already acquired some of the information on and was that even what I went that's not even what I meant to say but I said it anyways um, new, new sponsor coming and I'll showcase them here in the podcast I also um the, the, as far as the podcast goes, like how it looks here, you know, I like it. It looks official. It looks cleaned up. But I, I quite frankly, it's not exactly how I wanted the spare part studio to look display wise. I kind of wanted to be, I don't know. I, I did want to originally go with something like, you know, like the original one when I was like sitting in like um, in like, a you know, like chairs, like uh, not like when you're sitting in chairs. Stupid idiot. Um like like a lounge chair or a club chair or a recliner, like the original one where I was just forward facing. I wasn't looking completely at the screen. Um, so, but I think I have an idea, and I'm gonna be trying to make some. I'm gonna be trying to switch it up maybe when I get back. Um, I have some stuff I want to move around. I want to try something different. Maybe sit up a little higher. Uh, maybe that'll keep me a little more uh, alert. And uh, we'll try that. I think that I think that would be a good approach. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try to move it. Around. It may move some things around a little bit. It'll be most of the same, but I think I'm going to try standing. Try like a bistro type setup. Mm. So we'll try that. See if that works. It may give me a little more room, but we'll see what I have to play with. 
Um, so that was my that's my opening stuff there. Uh, if you didn't notice the stock market, um, it was started out pretty rough the past couple of days. Uh, MFA Financial was down 14% in after hours trading, 14%, and then ended up like a few points. It ended up like fucking like from there it was like eight percent. It's like shit. I could have made a ton of money, uh, but that's okay. Right now I'm just sitting on straight cash. Uh, also, let's see what else we got going on here. So that's kind of the one of the things I'm 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 looking forward to is making some quick changes here. Um, just see if it, it it works better. And then of course the new pod the podcast uh, will also be featuring the new sponsor. Um, anybody who's getting ready for uh, shows in October and November, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. Um, but now we have a, a visual I want to show you. So this is in India, and this goes for any anybody, any country, any person. It doesn't matter if you're getting ready for a show uh, uh, for competitive fitness. You know, IFBB, NPC, WF, uh, WBFF, uh, doesn't any of the natural leagues, WMBF doesn't matter. Um, there's many different types of tanners. But Vaseline or mud-type tanners are, for God's sakes, not the ones you want to be using. What do I mean by that? I'll show you. So this is, um, I think, an Indian fella who is getting, yeah, IB, IBBF India. He's a natural, he's a natural fitness, uh, he's natural in men's modern physique. So see all those, that brown mud or that brown cake around him? That is most likely, I mean, it says here muscle blaze, which might be something comparative to uh, what I've talked about before called dream tan. And dream tan is basically like Vaseline, and it looks awful. You end up looking like uh, when freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger co comes out and covers himself in the mud in Predator. So here is the, so they're dabbing it on, and then they're rolling. They end up rolling this shit on. Hold on, let me stop it right there. Look at his – there we go. So they roll the stuff on, and it just – you look like an actual statue. I'm going to let this run for a little bit. So the kid looks good. Don't get me wrong. He's lean. I mean you can see the muscle definition. He's got nice biceps. His forearms are lean. He's overall looks pretty lean. Um, it looks like he hasn't eaten yet. Like So he has his muscles aren't filled up all the way. Um, he's, got, well, he's got nice lats too. Small guy, but that's okay. But the way they're dotted, so basically dotting it all over the place and then rolling it on. It's awful. In my opinion, that is exactly what you don't want to use. You want to use something like Protan. You want to do a night and a tan, three coats at night. It's like an alcohol base. It stays on. It's much cleaner. Um, you have options of wearing brighter uh brighter trunks so if you're going to go on stage with brighter trunks they're less far less likely to you know make you look like you shit yourself so there is you could take and i i mean it i mean that um so this stuff it it's in my opinion it doesn't really make you look defined i mean granted the lights can't get through it the stage lights can't shine through it but that's what you use the bronzer for before you go on uh when you get to your show before you go on stage you put the bronzer on or a proper spray tan. This just looks like, I mean, if you touch that person, it gets all over you. It's just, it's awful. And it's impossible to shower off. Like a lot of these, 
a lot of times when you go to a show, you, you like end up staying at a hotel, and then you go to shower that stuff off, and it just it gets everywhere, all over the tub or the shower and everything, and it's gross. And forget about like going out to eat afterwards because you're prop- most likely uh, people most likely do they go out to like eat or something like that, or you can't hug anybody. You got to wear a hoodie. The- you got to wear a hoodie the whole time, anyways. But that is awful. So I strongly recommend uh, Google ProTan. Protan is definitely the way you want to go. None of that cakey Vaseline shit. Absolute no-no. Now, the kid, good on them. They, they use this a lot in foreign countries. This is big in this Protan shit it's, or Muscle Blaze or whatever it is um, is available. in. It's used a lot in Europe. It's used a lot in the Asian comp- uh, c- competitions. What the hell is this Muscle Blaze stuff? Is that actually a thing? Let me, let me look this up. Let's see. M-U-S-L Blaze. Uh, Blaze Tanner. Let me see what pops up. Muscle Blaze. Uh, Muscle Blaze. Bio, whey fuel, protein supplements, Tanner, blah, 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 blah. Muscle, this is all protein supplements. Okay, well, fine, whatever. Either way, I'm not going to say anything negative about their, if if this is the same company, Muscle Blaze, uh, you know, proteins, I'm not going to talk shit about that. But specifically, this stuff right here, I would not use uh, petroleum jelly-based tanners. They're just – they're junk. They're just junk. They're fucking awful. Just – even if you're – even if you're – what do you call it? Uh, Posing instructor tells you to use it, don't use it. I swear to Christ, it's awful. So that being said, just wanted to get that out to the peoples. It's important. Um I had a bit of a, a stereotype. I, you know, stereotypes are, are, are funny for the fact that a lot of times they come true, um, yeah, especially Jew stereotypes. Now, don't get me wrong. I have – I mean, I get it. People get – whatever. I'm just going to go out and say it. So, you know, obviously I come from Jewish lineage and um, I, have a, I have a knack for if I see money, I, I – <laughs> here we go. I see money. I, I, I'm like, I don't care what it is. If I see a quarter on the street, yeah, I'm going to pick it up. It's like whatever. I can put it in my pocket and put it in a little baggie and I'll save it for later. You know, That's how you're able to buy stocks. So um, I, was, I was standing there with a couple people and the guy pulled out his wallet and a couple – and this kid knows that I'm, Jew, I'm, I'm fucking Jewish and – I found a penny earlier. I showed him I found a penny. And um, then there was later this guy, he dropped a couple. He he opened up his wallet and a, a penny and a nickel fell out. And I, I swear to you, for me really, I saw – they, I saw them fall in slow motion, like that scene from American Psycho when the guy whips out his his uh, his business card, and it just I was watching it fall, and I just was like, "Is he gonna leave it there? Is he gonna pick it up?" And I turned to the guy, and the guy turned it. The guy who knew me watched me. I'm like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Is he gonna pick it up?" And he's like, "Come on, do it. You know you want it." And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, I can hear like. The, the, I can hear like the uh, the tea thingy, the tea sounds. As I'm just sitting there, I'm like, I, if he doesn't pick it up, I'm totally gonna go for it. But I don't want him to know that it's it's a, the stereotype is coming true. So I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, and then he ended up picking it up. 
but I knew he wanted me to, and I knew I wanted to. I'm not gonna lie. So, um, yeah, I don't care if I see if I see a penny, I'm gonna fucking pick it up. What what do you want me to do? I'm just gonna take it. It, it weighs next to nothing. Do you want free money? It's laying right there. It's one calorie. It cost one calorie to pick up one penny. So um, I, I am. I'm, I'm absolutely all about it. If I see a quarter, if I see a nickel, if I see a dime, if I see any money in the ground, I'm most likely going to pick it up and put it in my pocket. What the hell else do you – I mean, come on. What do you expect me not to do? You try it. Try walking by a penny. If Let's just say every single day if there's 30 um, – Let's just do okay. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I have to go off on some terrible calculations here. Let me open up the calculator. So let's just say there's 30 days in a month. There's most well, most months have 30. Yeah, let's do 30 days in a month. Um, and okay, so 30 days, you find a penny every single day. So that's 30 cents. So let's do 30 cents times 12. Okay, so that's 360 cents. Okay, so 0 0.30 times 12. All right, so you end up with, after 12 months, you have $3.06. Okay, so let's say you find, um, you find, you know, are you going to find a penny every day? Probably not. So let's say you find 15 pennies and a quarter. So that's 40 cents. Okay, so you find a quarter and you find 15 cents. So now you're at 40 cents. So 0 0.40 times um, 12. Okay, so now you're at $4.08. You know, it's $4.08 you didn't have before. You know? So, I mean, just fucking take it and put some, do something with it. Every time, and you add it to... I mean, if you actually go looking for a penny every single day, you're, every single day you're probably going to find one. Now, what is that going to buy you? Probably not much, but if you just keep throwing it somewhere and just throwing it in this thing, it's eventually going to get somewhere. Maybe it'll be laundry money. Maybe it'll be that time when you can't afford groceries, so you have to go to the piggy bank. Maybe it'll be a stock that you want, an extra stock that you wanted to buy. I don't know, but it costs you nothing to do it. So why don't you just do it? If you see the penny, just pick the fucking thing up and put it in and be like, all right. And then you have to get your pocket and you throw it in the thing. I mean, I don't. I don't know what else to tell you. I really don't. I mean, see Penny, pick it up. Why wouldn't you? Oh, what is it, not worth it? If you see a $5 bill, what's the difference between me and you, besides the Jew? If you see $5 on the ground, you going to pick it up or are you going to walk by it? If you see a dollar on the ground, you going to pick it up or are you going to go buy it? If you see a dollar coin on the ground, you going to pick it up or are you going to go buy it? Oh, but it's germs on it. Shut up. Do you know... You know how many germs are on everything that you do? There's germs on all money. There's germs in your credit cards because – and it may be your germs, but it's still germs. So you're taking that credit card. You're swiping it and you're inserting it into a thing where other credit cards have been. And those credit cards have germs on them as well from other places where they've swiped them and stuff like that. Or, you know, what, what are you going to do? You're just going to get one of them watches where you can go like this and go beep. Okay, fine. Whatever, but even that, your watch has germs on it. Your cell phone has germs on it because you probably have it in the bathroom while you're dropping a hard deucer. So it's like I don't. There's no excuses here. There's germs on everything. Pick the fucking cord up and go wash your hands. Pick up the. It's fine. Leave it alone. So I I don't know. What else to I I don't I don't get it. Why doesn't everybody? If I see a penny in the ground, I see a quarter in the ground. I mean. I don't go actively looking for pennies, but if I see a dime or a quarter, it's like all right, fine. 
I mean, you never you never know. All of a sudden, it's like a year later. It's like, holy shit, I got all these quarters. You know, whatever. Nowadays, you should be like, all right, how many other ways can I make money? You know, without uh, becoming a, a, a streetwalker. So, I don't know. It was just one of those things I noticed. I figured I'd talk about it. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe it is me. Maybe it is just the stereotype. But, hey, man, I got a penny now and you don't. So, kiss my ass. Um, my executive producer, uh, or excuse me, my associate producer, um, sent me a text about um, an officer being fired for apparently some mischievous activities and then some. So I'm going to pop this up on the screen. Uh, not looking good. This is courtesy of the Salem News by Paul Layton, uh, staff writer. This just happened recently. Let's get that. Okay. So in Beverly, Beverly, Massachusetts, an officer was fired earlier this year for multiple violations of department rules, including drinking on duty, carrying a loaded firearm while under the influence, smoking weed, and posing in a Hitler salute, according to her termination notice. Police officer Courtney Brennan was fired on February 18th by police chief John Lashur for the violations. In a termination notice, Lashur said Brennan's actions constitute a substantial and egregious misconduct which adversely affects the public interest and safety by impairing the efficiency of public service. The city did not publicly announced the decision to fire Brennan. It first came to light last week when Mass Accountability posted the termination notice on its YouTube channel. Mayor Mike Cahill declined to answer questions about why the public was not informed about the decision. He referred to a statement by Lasher that was released to the Salem News by on Friday. In the statement, Lasher said he became aware of an alleged issue with Brennan on a Sunday evening on September 6, 2021, and immediately placed her on admin leave, suspension with pay. Lasher uh, said he notified the mayor's office and the Massachusetts Peace Officer Standards and Training Commission, a new state board that certifies police officers. Okay. The last year said he ordered an internal investigation and consultant with the Essex County District Attorney's Office. It's a big county. After hearing conducted, after a hearing was conducted by the last year on February 18th, he determined there was sufficient evidence to fire Brennan. According to the termination letter, Brennan admitted to drinking, admitted to drinking alcohol while on duty multiple times but not more than five <laughs> okay a, over two years she admitted to drinking from a bottle of vodka during her lunch and dinner uh and dinner break while working sounds like a good woman and also drank alcohol within two hours of her shift on at least two occasions carrying a lowered firearm while under the influence of alcohol influence of liquor is a misdemeanor uh in Massachusetts, at least. And Brennan was cited in her termination notice for violating department rules against criminal conduct. Quote, criminal conduct. The Lasher said Brennan was not charged with a crime because there were no witnesses to, to her being under the influence. Brennan also posed in a Hitler salute when she was a reserve police officer, according to the notice. The Lasher said the notice that the pose violated department rules that a police officer must conduct in an above reproach within and outside the department. He said the behavior was not above reproach, regardless of whether she was intoxicated, intended to be photographed, or was just joking. It's not conceivable, quote, to be believed that the, it would be hard for Officer Brennan to maintain the respect of the community if the public viewed the photo, regardless of the intent behind the pose. Brennan also cited maintaining relationships with persons engaged in unlawful activity. The notice said Brennan should have ended all contact with a person who offered to give 
or sell her a controlled substance. Instead, Brennan went to parties and had what she called friendsgivings with the person and was given a save-the-date card for the person's wedding. Brennan also admitted to smoking weed as a Beverly police officer. Although recreational marijuana is legal in Massachusetts, Beverly police are still prohibited from using it. That's kind of stupid. Brennan was also not truthful in interviews during the investigation. According to the notice, in all, she was cited for 10 violations of department rules and regulations, including criminal conduct and conduct unbecoming an officer. Uh, Brennan could not be reached comment. City Council President Julie Flowers said Monday that the city councils were not informed of Brennan's firing until Friday afternoon. She said Brennan's behavior was deeply problematic, concerning, and posed a safety risk for the public and other officers as well as being damaging to the public trust. Flowers credited Lasher for addressing the situation quickly. Asked if the public should have been informed of the firing. Flowers said, I think it's really important as much as we can with people who serve in public in all capacities. There should be transparency and accountability across the board. In his statement, Lasher said the Beverly Police Department holds our officers to the highest standards and cannot and will not tolerate unprofessional behavior. This in no way reflects on the outstanding work done by the men and women of this department. Okay, well, hmm. So, I'll tell you right now, cops are having huge staffing shortages. So the quality of the officers out there is, it's just not available. I can tell you New Hampshire State Police, they about 70 to 80 openings. They're short by, New Hampshire State Police is short by 80 cops. Departments are poaching from other departments. Um, some of it has to do with uh, vaccination requirements. Some of it has to do with pay. And some of it has to do just with not wanting to do the fucking job and the quality of personnel out there. I mean, it is a, it's a pretty thankless job. At least that's what my father said. And quite frankly, why the fuck would you want to do it at this point? Especially in a place like Beverly, Mass. Why would you want to be a cop down there? Now, if you want to be one, by all means, go right. But and also, there was a there was a quality issue with cops before the vaccine, before COVID, before all this other stuff that happened in the past few years um, that was brought to light. I mean, now it's like cops are like, I'm not even gonna, tr I'm not gonna do shit. You know, I'm just gonna give out fucking speeding tickets and call it a day. They just don't that they don't have time for. They just don't want to do it. They don't want to do this stuff and. You know, okay, can I fault them? No, I mean, you, know, you have a responsibility to the public. It's like, well, the public fucking kind of turned on you. I mean, sometimes justifiably and sometimes not so much. It's like there are people out there who just want to go to work and come home. You know, they ha and they have shitty training, shitty resources, shitty pay, and they just they don't want to do a relatively shitty job. So why would I blame them? Uh, but this person just, you know... Uh, the weed thing, don't really care. Um, the relationship thing, I don't know. The, the weed thing, I don't care. Opposing in a Hitler salute, eh, not too great. Drinking and carrying a gun, that's not too good. But then again, maybe this officer had seen some shit. That's another thing to take into consideration. It's like, okay, do you just go to, you don't just go to work as a cop and then go home. You don't know. I mean, there's domestics that fuck with your head. There's crime scenes that fuck with your head. There's the stress of the job that fucks with your head. Uh, there's a lot to it as a police officer that you take home with you. 
Um, maybe not so much in some of these smaller departments where you kind of just do desk shit all day or maybe sit in the traffic circle and wait for some jerk off in a Mustang to drive by. That's me. Um, but places like Beverly Mass, you might see some stuff, and it's going to probably play with your head. And that stress carries over into from when you leave work. So it's it's not something to be taken lightly. And I don't know if she had this problem before. And obviously, officers posing in a Hitler salute probably not the best thing to be taking a picture uh, taking a picture of. Um, cops have dark sense of humors. Or because they see a lot, it takes a lot to, t- to get them to get a rise out of them. Um, the ones that do have senses of humor, for sure. So, as far as it goes, yeah, they just it, they have darker sense of humor. They have de- they just they'll laugh at almost anything, but it's because they deal with a lot of shit. So, I mean, there's some gray area here, but ultimately there was just there was too much there, and it was a bad look for Beverly PD. So they had the shit canner. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's like, oh, no, you can't be a cop anymore. It's like, is it really a loss at this point? I mean, there's plenty of other places you can go work. It just sucks that your name's in the fucking paper. But, I mean, eventually, I mean, you could do a lot of things. You can change your name and then just move on with your day. Although, I'm sure plenty of people have looked up this person's name by now and checked out their Facebook page or their Instagram if they had one or their, their fucking TikTok you know, but if she is truly a train wreck, well, that's fine. That's easy. If she's a train wreck, simple. Go be a nurse. Uh, let's move on to the. Uh, I got another article here that I didn't get to last time, but uh, I wanted to see if it was. I wanted to read it up for fascination purposes. So, this is from Design Boom, uh, DesignBoom.com, courtesy of the fuck is it? Oh, this is. A, oh, okay. No, this is not an actual news article. This is a. It's a sex education for the blind. Caroline Krzyzewska posed by Caroline Krzyzewska. It's an educational sex set for the blind created by Polish designer Caroline Krzyzewska. Okay. In collaboration with sex educator Dr. Dagna Kokor. Or Kroser, excuse me. Developed as part of the How the fuck am I going to say this person's name? Master's thesis at the Academy of Fine Arts in Katowice. The project offers extensive knowledge about sex positions and identifying anatomical features to help to guide the visually impaired in intimate facts. This information is is released as in thir- as 13 audio films on YouTube and 3D printed figurines depicting the five basic sex positions. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm assuming even if you're blind, you you pretty much know where the boobies are, right? It's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, you don't need braille. You don't need braille for boobies. You just need Braille is its own boobies. It's just boobies. That's it. Braille. Boobies. That's that's not a hard thing to figure out. You don't need Braille for that. Um, making sex ed more accessible to those with disabilities. Pose is a project dedicated primarily to individual users. <laughs> Individuals. Sex educators and organizations. The main goal of the project is to make knowledge available to the blind. Hence the decision to record <coughs> descriptions that everyone listen to on YouTube. So far in Poland, there is no product for sex education aimed at blind. Maybe I should say, talk, you know, let me word this, t- change my voice here. So this is an innovative project in Europe where this topic is surprisingly neglected. The description, surprisingly, were rewritten, were, the descriptions were rewritten with sex educator Dagna Kosor. 
they are more detailed and pay attention to using the senses other than sight so as not to exclude exclude those with sensory disabilities writes the designer the second goal was to describe the appearance of a 3d printed figure for this purpose Krzyzewska incorporated braille reading a tactile feature considering the closest way for people to perceive the position depicted by models oh deario oh look it's got a barcode and it's got the braille and it's got the chick riding the dude um let's see um uh okay so are these are so this is all of them let's see um okay let's see look at that one ooh what's this guy doing oh he's putting his hand in there oh good for him um, oh, and you can actually move them around and everything. So let's see. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That one's not bad. That one's okay. That one's pretty straightforward. Um, let's see. To help users optimize their reading of each position, Krzyzewska had to magnify, rescale certain anatomical parts. The indentations and protrusions had to be larger, and some parts, feet or hands, were simplified so that blind person could read the position in the best way best possible way an additional advantage of the figurines is their beauty not visual but tactile they are smooth hard and rounded making them more illustrative and beautiful the models come with a support base to stabilize them well that's good you know each base is printed with instructions in braille and features a qr code that links to the audio description of the said position while the youtube films work perfectly as a standalone features the designer encourages users to listen to the narrative while exploring the figurines the complete set of films is available here krushka collaborated with blind people and sex educators at every stage of the project which was selected in 2022 as the design winner for the european product design award it's about access knowledge simply how it's done the basics because so far there is no sex education for blind people okay um, certain anatomical features were rescaled, magnified for optimal tactility. <laughs> I don't want your kid getting a hand on the on these things. Um, QR code that links the audio description of each position. Let's see. Anatomical shapes are emphasized by touch. That is a man and how he's arranged in a pose. The shape of the man is based on a rep on rectangle, which makes it easier to distinguish him from a woman. Okay. Symbolic presentation of the hands and feet that do not disturb during tactile viewing. A woman, women with short hair and a long neck that supports tactical examination. Tactile. The shape of a woman's shape of a woman is based on the shape of a circle, so she has large rounded breasts and hips that can be left under fingers. Um, identitations, indentations were greatly enlarged so that they were readable to the touch and sexual organs were also enlarged Ugh, lucky designer launched 13 detailed audio films that's pretty cool braille, braille reading on the base of the 3d printed model and then is that an instagram page wait a minute hold on wait is that it hold on get, get back here get out of here there we go um what is this Oh, they got some pages here. Sex educate. Oh, it's called, not should not be a taboo. Sex topics chose by ninety percent of surveyed. So how many positions? Five. That's it. One, two, three. Yeah, five basic ones. 
Okay. Well, that's good. You know, blind people get boners too. So, I mean, I I guess good for them. I don't know. Well, there you go. There you have it. Let's move. Let's move on. Let's just call it. I'm gonna fucking cut this thing short. Oh, this is all ridiculous. Anyways, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount's appreciated. Weeble app, new sponsor next week. Um, go to my website, positivesarcasm.com. Questions, concerns, comments, you can hit me up there. Or you can email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. Anyways, let's close up shop with some Q&A. Ooh, more sexy talk. I write erotica as a hobby. The other day, I was in a Zoom meeting with my boss and several coworkers. My boss didn't have the link handy for a shared document that we were discussing and asked someone to put the link in the chat. I copied and pasted the link and quickly sent the message, except the link I had not actually copied. Instead, I sent everyone's last thing on my clipboard, which was rather graphic and paragraph from erotic I was writing the previous night. I work from, I work from my personal computer. Needless to say, I'm mortified. In the moment, it, I said something like, oh my god, I'm sorry, that's not what I meant to send, and the meeting proceeded as if nothing happened, for which I was very grateful. I haven't said anything to else to my boss or coworkers about it. My question is, do I need to address it? For context, I am not particularly close with these coworkers because we are only working together for this project, which is new. Our work related to progressive polit- our work is related to progressive politics, so I don't think anyone on the call is especially puritanical, and there isn't anything particularly offensive in the paragraph I sent. Well, even if they were, who gives a shit? Though it was graphic and definitely not suitable for work, I really was. I would rather not say anything. I feel awkward enough that. Well, then just leave it alone. Yeah. Um, no, just leave, leave it alone. And so what? If that's what you do on the side, it's an accident. It's not like you took a picture of your donk and fucking sent that out. Here's a lit picture. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. You just keep living your life the way you're living your life. Um, there's nothing here that's disagreeable in any amount, and these things do happen. Um, it's not like you were caught whacking it on a fucking Zoom call, so I really wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it at all. Just move on with your day. Um, sh- okay. Should I take my friend's baby to get vaccinated without their permission? My best friend is an anti-vaxxer. Not only COVID, all the vaccines. His wife is too. They have a nine-month-old baby, and they haven't vaccinated him. I babysit for them every other weekend. Should I take the baby to get his shots without telling him? If you do that, that is a fucking crime in a lot of states. And if you do something medical to another person's child without their permission, you are 100% in absolute, without a shadow of a doubt, piece of shit. It's not to say who do you think you're in. They, you're saying they're an anti-vaxxer from your opinion. And it doesn't matter. It's not your fucking kid. You don't touch that kid. And quite frankly, at this point, you should no longer be babysitting for that kid at all. If you're thinking, even thinking about doing this, you shouldn't even be looking after this kid in any way, shape, or form. They need to get a new babysitter, and these are you're not their friends if you're thinking that. Okay? Maybe you can turn a leaf, but if you're thinking this way, you're, um, you're allowed to think. If you do this, though, or you're contemplating it, Knock it the fuck off. You do it. Yeah, you you, you could be thrown in jail for that because you don't know if the baby has allergies to certain things. Um, and at the end of the day, it's also not your place. This is an open shutter. Don't fucking do this. Let's move on to the next one. 
Lucy and I are both 34 and have been friends since middle school. She is a single mom of a teenager whose father is not in the picture and has not been interested in dating since giving birth. Okay, well, it's probably a good thing. Lucy grew up dirt poor and suffered a lot from her parents' bad choices. So being an intel intelligent person, she has always been very savvy about savings and cautious about spending. As a result, she has over six grand in savings despite making a very low salary as a library worker without a college degree and having no help from a partner. Okay, good. In the past year or two, Lucy has discovered that many charities either do no means testing at all or only look at income, probably assuming that no one who comes to them is saving. She's been going around to various food banks, getting getting her power bills her okay, her power bills paid in full, and sometimes rent assistance from other places, using the money thus saved to buy stuff like Blu-rays and collectible figurines for herself and Nintendo Switch for her kid. I understand the desire to have a few fun things without having to dip into her savings, which she has major anxiety about, but I can't help but find it disturbing that she's basically being given charity to buy frivolities, while some other family without any savings who generally can't afford to pay their power bill or buy groceries are left freezing, boiling, and hungry. Lucy has no, shown no sign of ever considering this. I'm reluctant to bring it up, but hearing her crow about all the great stuff she's got from the food bank when she's got she has twice what I ever had in the bank is getting kind of old. Should I say or do anything? Um, I get where she's coming from. It's nice to be spoiled. I mean, if you want to talk with her and get her idea on things, that's it. But if you don't want to press it and shit. Uh, Blu-rays are cheap. And collectible figurines for herself and Nintendo Switch for a kid. It's like, all right. So, so it's a couple It's a couple for it up for volatiles. Um I mean, if she's not walking around in Jimmy Choo's, I wouldn't bring it up. And she also is a single parent. Single parent, no help whatsoever, and still has six grand in the bank, and you don't know what she's doing with it. Um, so, I mean, I kind of would leave it be for the most part. Um, if you wanted to bring it up, it's like, I guess you could. But it's something like if she just tells you to back off or whatever, it's just leave it be. I mean, yeah, I just kind of leave it alone. As far as the other families go, I mean, what are you going to do? We, I, there's a huge, there's a much bigger argument to be made here, um, culturally. But at the end of the day, uh, she's, I think, being pretty responsible. She, she's obviously focused on her kid. She's getting things for her kid. She's saving money, which a lot of people don't do. Okay, so there's a lot to be had, and she probably doesn't have any like real, real world education here. So, and she's a librarian, which is not a terrible job. So I would just. If you don't say anything, it's not a bad person. You're not a bad person for not doing anything about it. Let's move on to the next one. My best friend and I are 22 years old. She just went through a really difficult breakup and has been venting to me a lot. I generally let things slide. Okay, she's 22. All right. Uh, I generally let things slide when people are venting their frustrations, but she's saying a lot of stuff that makes me feel really uncomfortable. I'm unsure how to approach that with her while she's still dealing with all these emotions. Part of the breakup involved her ex-boyfriend telling her that she just wasn't attracted to her. That he just wasn't attracted to her. She's conventional. She's conventionally attractive, white woman who wears glasses. She hates contacts. Okay, so she figured that the lack of attraction must be because of her glasses. She vented about beauty standards, which I think is all, which is, which I think is all fair. Well, glasses are attractive, but that doesn't mean anything. Anyways, she then started venting about 
how women of color, specifically East and South Asian American, South Asian Americans can get away with wearing glasses and still be attractive to men, but white women can't. She talked about how it's unfair that people of color don't have to hide their vision problems from men to get dates. I'm an Indian American woman who wears glasses and has a boyfriend, and this sort of conversation makes me deeply uncomfortable. She's still really upset about the breakup, and I don't want to make her feel bad, but I also never want to hear that stuff again. I'm not sure if she actually believes all of this stuff. She's certainly never talked about it before, but at the same time, this has come from somewhere. She seems to have registered that Asian American women, she was, that I was the Asian American woman she was talking about. How can I approach this with her? Um, I just just talk to her about it. Be like, listen, that, that there's no merit to what you're saying. Just be like, listen, there's no merit to what you're saying. Okay, you're attractive with glasses. You're attractive without glasses. Unless she's ugly, then she's just ugly. So it's like you got that, that whatever you're saying is bullshit. You, this is the problem with you fucking broads. You. You but you beat around the bush. Whereas guys, if when when guys say something that's stupid, the other guys get in and go, "Dude, you're fucking stupid. Shut up. That was bullshit. Don't be fucking retarded." And then we're like, "Okay." And we we check. We get checked. Guys get checked by other dudes all the time. Chicks, you let stuff slide, and then you tell other people. You don't approach the subject immediately with somebody. You need to do start doing that. Be more assertive. But you could call this chick out on her bullshit, and you know what? It'll actually help her end up being a better person and having better character, okay? If you don't call her on it, she's just going to keep thinking about it. So don't consider it. Just That's what dudes do great. We get after it and check each other as almost as soon as something happens. Let's move on to the next one. So do that, okay? My son is an 18-year-old college freshman. Oh, great. He's also half black and is going to a predominantly white private college in the Northeast. So what? We've got a lot of white people up here. What the fuck's that mean? It's about a two-hour drive from our house. A few weeks ago, he mentioned that he wanted to seek a therapist, which is a good thing. And he finally found one who was highly recommended by many people in the area. My son called me the other day to say he isn't just vibing with her because she's a white woman who doesn't understand his challenges as a black man in a sea of whiteness. I'm a white woman, and I understand his challenges, so I don't think that's a fair reason for him to find another therapist. If she's so highly respected in the community, she must be great, right? My husband, who is black, is on my son's side and thinks that he should just find someone else. Um, I don't know. Your son's having problems. What's your son having problems about? I mean, if he's around a lot of white people now, that's like, and that obviously... He's not used to that. That would make somebody uncomfortable. But at the same time, if you want him to have some comfortability, it's like, well, maybe it's just him and the therapist aren't just vi- are just not vibing. And maybe he just needs to go another fi- – it doesn't matter what race or color or religion they are. Just if it's not working with the therapist, go find another fucking therapist or go make some friends. I, I mean I don't know what his problems are and I don't know what his if, if he exude, ex, exuded any of these problems – exuded? Is that the word? Exuded any of these problems when he was in the household. So there's so much here that we're not being told. That there's no – we just see this part where it's like you know my, my challenges as a, as a person of color. It's like, okay. Well, you're a person of color going to a really fucking expensive college. Um you're just you're just another person going to college. So w- what of it? I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, but if he wants to see a therapist and he wants to see an, and he doesn't like this one, he wants to go see another one. Then just go see another fucking therapist. Okay, let's move on to the next one. We'll close up shop after this. Um, the do I 
still have to tip at restaurants when the service is slow due to staff shortages. The pandemic interrupted and changed lots of businesses, especially restaurants. Now th things seem to be returning to normal, more or less. I'm wondering how to respond when I'm at a restaurant and the service is slow, the food is cold, and the reason excuse the the reason excuse is staffing shortages. Given these circumstances, am I still expected to tip? Um, if they're short-staffed, yes. If the food is cold, you say something to the manager. As far as the server goes, the server was willing to show up, do the work, and put on a smile and be respectful to you. If the food is slow, it's not because of the server. If the staffing is short, it's not due to the server. The server is doing their job. You talk to the manager and say, hey, you having a tough time here? A lot of staffing shortages. My food was cold. I came here to have a good time. Maybe they'll comp it or something like that. Sorry, or we'll give you a discount. Okay but you tip the server for the effort that they put into it. The server does not dictate how the food is. They they just say, hey, this is what the person wants. The The kitchen is one who dictates when the food comes out, how quickly it gets, and if it is slow, maybe the the manager should be on his uh, off his ass getting food out to the customers as soon as possible. It's kind of how that works. So if, if you're short-staffed, the manager should also be delivering food and helping seating tables and things like that. That's how that works. That's how a real restaurant survives at any moment in time, any moment in life. Doesn't matter when. That's what managers do. That's what floor managers do. They they help fill the gaps where in, where needed. They shouldn't just be out back doing payroll and shit. There are, there are moments for that. That's a hard enough. That's a hard job too. So, I mean, you got to cut them some slack. But at the same time, the the server should never suffer if the server is doing everything they should be doing to make sure you have a good experience regardless of overall if the experience suffers due to staffing shortages or, or bad kitchen or whatever and also if it's just not working out for you going out then just don't go out buy groceries and do shit at home you know problem solved now you don't have to worry about tipping at all because you're buying your food and making it for you so learn how to cook stupid uh, we are at 44 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and close up shop for this weekend. Um, any questions, concerns, comments, you can hit me up through my website or you can email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. Um, if you want to support the podcast, go to positive sarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Um, now available on Rumble. Um, so if you're looking for the video version of this podcast, uh, rumble.com, positive sarcasm, facebook.com slash POS sarcasm for the other audio, the other video version. Or if you're into the audio version, anywhere podcasts are available and of course if you want to listen to the audio version it is always available and streamable at the website positive sarcasm.com in the podcast section um i think that's pretty much it yeah we did beverly police we did the uh braille sex and we did q a um in the meantime yeah i think that's it we're done get the fuck out of here let's not waste any time recorded here from the spare parts studio this has been a positive sarcasm presentation.